Welcome back to another episode of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series Podcast. Bombshell 1111 is a platform created to teach ways to nourish the mind, body, and soul. This platform allows this podcast to create weekly content on podcasts with special guests each week that will stimulate your spiritual, mental, and physical growth. The podcasts are played on social media platforms such as Spotify, YouTube, Anchor Radio Station, Apple Podcasts, and more. This station has been created to allow us to interact with each other to share knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and light. So without Without further ado, please help me welcome your host and founder of Bombshell 1111 Girl Talk Series, Kia. Bombshell 1111 Podcast Hello Thought Series. Tonight, we have two special guests on the show tonight. Um, they were pre- previously a guest on past episodes of Hella Thoughts. Tonight, of course, it's me, Kia, your host, and my co-host, Aziza. What's up, Aziza? Peace, peace, peace and power. Peace, peace, peace. Um, so without further ado, let's just cut to the chase and welcome our guest. My first guest is Jabrina Johnson out of the Atlanta area. She's an attorney. Um, we're going to let her do a formal introduction in just a few minutes here, but we also have Baba Amin, out of the Texas Texas area, and he's also going to do a formal introduction as well. Welcome, 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 Jabrina and Baba. How are you guys doing? Hello. hello. Doing great. Yes. <laughs> Peace and power. Peace and Peace power. Peace and power. Yes. Well, Aziza and I want to start off by thanking you guys for coming back on to do another episode of Hello Thoughts with us. Um, we thought you guys were very, very intellectual guests. Um, you had a lot to say, and we wanted you guys to come back on because of all the things that are going on within the world um, and in the news. Um, wanted to hear, you know, your opinions, your voice on those topics, and um, we picked one topic in particular, which is very, um, I guess, would be the the broader uh, word that we're going to use for the the word that we're going to be using for tonight: social injustice. So. Um, before we get into the topic, let's go ahead and do the introductions. Um, I know Baba, he's so polite and mannerable, so we're going to start off with ladies first, right, Baba? I say, absolutely. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so, um, Attorney Jabrina Johnson, can you do a formal introduction, letting the audience know and the listeners know who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Sure. Um, again, thank you so much for inviting me and having me on your show again. Um, but as you said, my name is Jabrina Johnson. Um, I'm originally from Mississippi, Kaziesto, Mississippi. I uh, attended Jackson State University and the University of Mississippi there. And I moved to Atlanta back in 2004. And, four. and, and I've been here for the last year. For the last year. Own law firm. It is JL Johnson Associates. Um, I've had that for the last 13 and a half years. Whoop, whoop. Well, thank right. you. <laughs> and we have um, two offices in Atlanta and Buckhead and one in the Snailville Gwinnett County area. You better. You All better. Right. <laughs> okay. Barrister. Thank okay. You. Yeah. Oh, that's old school right there. <laughs> So, Mr. Baba, go ahead and give us your introduction. Who are you? Where you're from? And what do you do? 
All right, my name is Baba Amin Ojwoke. I am the co-founder, along with my beautiful wife, Nicole Ojwoke, of the Uru Academy. We are a private African-centered school. I hail from Fort Worth, Texas, originally. Uh, uh, currently, uh, the Uru Academy is entering its 10th year. Uh, that's our theme this school year, Uru 10. Uh, and not only do we have uh, Uru Academy online, we also have Uru Academy SC, which is our South Carolina uh, uh, campus. We partnered with some wonderful, wonderful people out here who founded Uhura Academy SC. They're going into their fifth year. Uh, and uh, we have actually rebranded ourselves as Uhura Academy Education Solutions uh, because we have found ourselves training and, and consulting uh, mm-hmm. with independent educators and parents uh, all over, all throughout the diaspora. So uh, that's who all we right. are. And I'm happy wow. to be here. I'm happy to have you. Um, again, thank both of you guys for coming on and being a guest on Bombshell 1111 Podcast Hello Series. So without further ado, let's just jump right in into our topic, social injustice. I'm going to start off um, with two questions for you guys. Um, it's a two-part question, so I'll just ask the question, and then Jabrina, you can answer, and then Baba, you can just chime in. Um, okay. In you guys' opinion... What is the definition of social injustice as it relates to us in the African-American communities? And the second part of that question is, how does social injustice affect us and our lives as African-Americans? So I'll go first. Um, I think that there are so many social injustices. To be honest, it's very difficult to just pinpoint one or two. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ones that really come to mind for me are the lack of uh, adequate health care, in particular mental health options, a disproportionate number of arrests and disproportionate sentencing disparities amongst African-Americans. Uh, of course, the lack of quality education in our community um, and quality education options in our community and mm-hmm. a lack of healthy food options because I do believe in the ideal that our food should be our medicine and mm-hmm. the failure for us to have you know grocery stores or farmers markets that have healthy um, food I think definitely is a disadvantage to our community and then to answer your question about how it affects our lives I mm-hmm. mean we have some of the highest infant mortality rates um, in of any culture Um, Of course, with there being a lack of mental health options, I think that that contributes to increased crime, increased drug use, including like self-medicating with drugs. A lot of people self-medicate to try to calm down or try to focus or, you know, try to deal with stress or anxiety versus being uh, versus having access to uh, mental health options. Um, I do think that. Um, there's been an increase, uh, increased decline in the black family unit, uh, Mm -hmm. to a lack of leadership and guidance. You know, um, there's not as much support for young black men and, uh, not as much positive influence and examples for young black women. Cause a lot of our black men are incarcerated, unfortunately. And then Mm -hmm. finally, I would say illness, you know, um, again, not having access to healthy foods. You think about it, you know, when you go into wealthy neighborhoods, you don't see church's chicken. You don't see, you know, a liquor store and check cash in place on every other corner. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a reason, you know, for that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that the bad eating habits that we have um, lead to early onset illness, uh, which ultimately lead to early onset death. So, Wow. 
Baba. All right. Um, I like to say number one, my powerful sister is is is, is spot on uh, mm-hmm. with the de- with her definition of with that definition of social injustice. If I was to um, add to that and complement that definition, uh, I would I would point out, you know, when you say social, you're talking about society and your relationship to that society and how that society relates to you. Uh, when you're talking about injustice, you're implying that something has put, been put in place to prevent you from from achieving justice. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and so uh, when we talk about social injustice, you're talking about a marginalized group that's inside of a society that's mm-hmm. not receiving justice or their just due or just treatment. Uh, um, I think that a lot of the great things that the sister pointed out uh, uh, are, are, are symptoms of greater problems, symptoms of, of greater issues. Uh, when you talk about political injustice, when you talk about economic injustice, you know, when, when, when systems are put in place to, to control your mobility inside of a society, many of us, even those of us who've been successful in corporate America, you found that, you found that glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. You found you found that job that mo- black folks don't get don't get to have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that that that's an example of your mobility being under control. The sister mentioned food injustice, right? The mm-hmm. most unjust thing about our food is that we're not making it and producing it for ourselves, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. just as segregated as the schools. You know, it, we're relying on people on the outside to bring that on the inside. But then you talk about education injustice. We weren't educated to provide ourselves with food in this generation. I remember my mom and my grandma and them generation, they ate everything on the pig from the rooter to the tooth and still live to be 90, you know? Right. But it was it was they pig though, you know what I'm right. saying? It was. It, it was right. it was their vegetables. It was their fruit, you know. Uh, uh, and and so when you get away from food production, when you go from a uh, production, with, when you don't have a relationship with the society uh, as a producer, then you are at the whim and at the whim of the benevolence of those who do produce. And so we found ourselves in a very strange position to be a people that need others while at the same time being a people that others are taught to hate. And that's a, it, it's, it's hard to achieve justice when people are taught to hate you and then you turn around and you need them for your basic needs. Wow. If you're not going to be like, if you're not going to be like, you better be able to do stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's a good segue into Aziza's questions for you guys. You can go ahead, Aziza. I mean, damn good segue. Um, <laughs> my... Ooh, okay, I'm gonna restructure my question because I Baba just took and Brenda took me somewhere else. However, um, I'm not. The question was, you know, is how his recent events, but these events are not recent, and I'm aware of that. But for the audience, it seems that we're in a binge purge reactionary state. So we have recent events that are actually the same events that continue to go on with social injustice and then the caste system that we place amongst ourselves as black people how has that affected you personally and or professionally Jabrina so my my original answer to this question is that it really hasn't affected me um, because just thinking from a recent standpoint um, 
you know, with coronavirus and everything going on, I was really nervous about how it would affect my business uh, mm-hmm. professionally, but my business has boomed during this. So it has not had the negative effect that I thought it would. And personally, more recently, it hasn't really affected me because I choose peace. Um, I used to have a really, really difficult time. Um, I, I definitely believe in, in PTSD. And so it's really hard for me constantly watching black men get gunned down in the middle of the street and just lay in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the most influential case for me was the Michael Brown and Ferguson case. It hit home because um, I have family in Ferguson. I have black male cousins born and raised in Ferguson. So it was really, really um, dear, near and dear to my heart. And so when it occurred, I, I flew to Ferguson. I marched, you know, um, I protested. And to see that man get off um, with nothing after killing that boy and leaving his body in the middle of the street for four hours while his mother um, screamed and cried over his body. I just get chills even now talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely, it, it changed a lot in me. Mm-hmm. And um, it did something to my spirit. And then, you know, after that, just continuing to see, you know, Kijani Powell in, in St. Louis, you know, get killed. Um, I mean, the list goes on. on. We know we know the names. Um, right. So mm-hmm. constantly seeing it, um, it started to really have a negative impact on me. And I would just randomly cry. Um, <laughs> sometimes I, I wouldn't want to get out of the bed. Um, and even though I knew none of them personally, just the idea and the thought that, it could happen to somebody that I love, but also, you know, if you love your people, you love all your people, no matter if you have connection to them uh, in one way or the other. So, right. um, but what I did, I had to do peace because it was taking me down through there. So I intentionally don't really watch the news uh, anymore, you know, or anything like that. I don't worry about the COVID numbers or anything. I get snippets here and there. I'll check in because I don't want to be woefully ignorant. But mm-hmm. I kind of stay away from it because um, I have to protect my heart and my soul and my mind. So mm-hmm. that's that empath thing. Yeah, yeah very much. I'm, a, I'm definitely an empath. <laughs> I say. I say. Um, it's my turn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I would say <laughs> just making sure. I was Locked just making sure, you know. Hey, hey, I'm I'm on a, I'm on a call with three powerful queens. I ain't trying to step on no toes. Um, <laughs> um I would say that uh, y'all, y'all, when I first started teaching back in '92, um, it was a rites of passage program that it's a Black History program that we started in Butler Housing Projects in Fort Worth, Texas. I remember a little girl, ten years old. Her name was Lucretia. Uh, she came to group, uh, and the first day she came to group. Uh, the police had raided her apartment that morning. She woke up with with a shotgun in her face wow. at 10 years old. Uh, I remember Shanika a few, few I think it was Shanika, uh, a few weeks later, no, it was Lucretia again, uh, saw a man get killed right behind her apartment before she came to class. Um, nobody cared. Uh, I came up watching police get away with murder. You know, I'm from the hood. I came up watching them get away with beating people up, stealing from people, robbing people. I came up in that. So when it when it began to become publicized and the media decided that they wanted to make a business out of it. Uh, right. Uh, uh, 
Baba. What are we going to do about it? You know, welcome. I'm glad that y'all seeing it. So let me focus more on taking advantage of people becoming more aware and join, see if they want to join the fight, you know, uh, because we tend to have a 10 day memory, something jump off. We, we mad for 10 days. And after that, everybody want to kind of get back to their life. You, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and so uh, I try to jump in those cycles and say, Hey, we, we doing education over here. Hey, they doing political education over there. Hey, this is this right here. Like I don't go to protest to protest. I go to protest to recruit, you know, okay. and, and see okay. who want to get involved in some organized protest so you know you can't shock me by telling me America's racist I've been teaching that since I've been teaching mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and so uh, for, for for me and, and people like me uh, it, it's kind of like you know we feel this all the time you know we feel it for those who don't make the news you know nobody cared about Lucretia she was a 10 year old black girl right. nobody cared mm-hmm. you know and, and but I care mm-hmm. you know and I know others who care and and, you know, but the news ain't interested in that. And and so, you know, the, the downside of it is sometimes we, we become desensitized to it because we see it in the hood. And then we get triggered when when they notice it. But we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. All the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Aziza, do you have any more questions? Yeah, my um, my other question. Thank you both for, for, for the insight on, on that question, because I was when I was composing my questions, like, mm, I want to ask what somebody else listening may not want to ask or how they can deal with it. Um, social injustice, but, but Baba, just to, to expound on what he was saying, our 10-day memory process mm-hmm. of how we process things, especially with all the information being right at us. Jabrina, you know, is social injustice for Black people across the diaspora, is it watered down? Because we had such a short attention span, we just go from one hashtag, you know, to the other. We'll get Mm -hmm. I can't breathe masks, we'll make I can't breathe shirts, but if it happens to me, but that's not going to happen to me, it's for those over there, which goes back into my previous question about the caste system that we created, that, that we didn't create, that we buy into amongst our own people. Right. Um, I think that it is, but I wouldn't say that it is to the extent that I think people want to believe it is. And I say that because um, being a member of sorority for the last 20 years, um, I see so much work that goes on behind the scenes. And I think that if people don't see it on TV, they don't think anything's happening. Um, But it's a lot of black people out here really making moves and really fighting a good fight. Um, it's just not televised, you know, that it's not happening. Um, but I do agree with that kind of 10 day, you know, um, uh, sensory uh, memory. But um, also, I think that, you know, media has desensitized us, you know, like that's why I stopped watching the black men get killed because it was kind of like it became normal. And if you normalize it, then it's less shocking to you. And I think that's the purpose, even though, you know, we learned that the Willie Lynch letter was not a real thing. The concepts and the ideas in it have been used. You know, even if there wasn't a person named Willie Lynch that wrote it, we found out we know that it's still true. And um, and they've used that. And of course, one part of it is, you know, you, you take the, the book, the black man, and you, you he runs away and you, you bring him back. 
and you beat him almost to a point of death in front of everybody else to teach them a lesson that mm-hmm. if you run away, this is what happens to you. And so mm-hmm. that is what has, you know, continued to happen, I think, with, you know, these killings, these police murders, um, even us killing ourselves. We just become like, oh, okay, you know, I ain't surprised. Oh, how many murders was it this weekend? Oh, child. You know, and we keep it moving. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know how to change that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah and we also you know with, with the media giving us a snapshot and covering something over and over again we begin to use absolutes you know and uh for example i have somebody uh you know start talking about injustice and someone always wants to chime in i think baba has a bad connection i don't think we've lost him though no I'm moving my my phone. <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's give him a minute to get back in here. Baba? You know, and I agree with you, Jabrina. I don't watch the news. Um, I read it. And I read enough of it to just be, you know, in the in the loop, in the know, and then I take it for what it is and then process it to my understanding of what's actually going on in the macro. Absolutely. Not, not the, the snapshots of what what's seen because, you know, I, I know young men by name that have been, mm-hmm. you know, gunned down or left, mm-hmm. you know, for dead that grew up with my children. Mm-hmm. Um, Andre. We called him Little Pinky, found dead in a vacant apartment till his body started to rot. Mm-hmm. You know, he was only 17, 16, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. Andrew was dragged until his head came off from a football game when my son was in the ninth grade. Wow. Do you know mm-hmm. something happened at a high school football game and he didn't make it home and, and body parts were found in Dallas, in North Dallas where I live. You know, this young, this this baby, he was 15. Right. You know, didn't make it home. And no one still knows what happened to him. Right. You know, so, you know, the, I have names and, and can recall these triggers and of people that I can relate to a Ferguson. I can relate to Oscar in Oakland because I've lived there. But I know people also here. Right. You know, where, you know, different part. My, my own uncle was murdered at the age of 16. He would have been 50 this year in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Still a cold mm-hmm. case. No one knows what happened. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely relate to the PTSD, the choosing <clears throat> to not engage in the mass media and what they're going to tell us. You yeah. know, we all have, we can personalize it in our own own ways. But I, I do, you know, but I tell people, I don't watch news, I read it. Right, right. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. Why do you want to read it? Because I can pick and choose what what I yeah. want to read, and then I'm still going to apply, take out that the noise is what I call it, and apply it in a different in a different way. Because shit, I feel like we PTSD has just been put into us for centuries. We just may not all want to uh, identify with it, but it's it's tr- it still triggers. I agree. Right. 
and Jabrina and, and Aziza speaking on triggers and how it affects individuals and things of that nature. Um, Jabrina, the question for you is what is what do you feel are the responsibilities of the individual in regards to understanding the issues of social injustice? Okay, this is going to sound harsh, but I think it's that, <laughs> at least in my world, I think it's all about personal responsibility, real talk. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that, you know, we have plenty of reason to point the finger and look at other people, but um, we have to take some personal responsibility, which I don't see a lot of us doing in our community if I keep it 100. Um, we have do. to, Yeah, so, you know, I think we have to stop placing blame. We have to educate ourselves and take ownership. Um, and one way we can do that, of course, is by reading. You know what I'm saying? You can easily learn how we as our we as a people found ourselves um, socioeconomically okay. disadvantaged. You know what I'm saying? Because we are. And we mm-hmm. can also find out how we found ourselves targeted modern day slavery, you know, which is also known as the prison system. But once you I have see. that knowledge, then what are you going to do with it? You know what oh, I'm saying? So so you get the knowledge, stop, stop pretending and get the knowledge. And then once you get the knowledge, what are you going to do? So many of our people stay in the same predicament and complain about the man or, you know, but why not come up with a plan to like change your circumstances? Like I'll give an example to me. Mm-hmm. I know way too many, you know, people that have anger issues or what they call quote unquote snap out, you mm-hmm. know, or they have like these uncontrollable desires to fight and be defiant to anybody that tells them, you know, give them advice and tell them what to do. Like, you know that about yourself. Like n- nobody in the street has to tell you that you've been hearing that since you were a kid. And right. instead of sitting here and be like, man, sometimes I just get upset and I snap out. Like, go get some help. Like, go <laughs> way to balance that. Stop mm-hmm. thinking that, you know, just weed is going to be the end-all be-all. It would be nice, but right. we already know they're giving white men the same head start that they um have always given them. So even though it's legalized over here, it's still black men going to prison for it over there. So right. and, right. not getting out, and not getting out for doing it in the past. Exactly. You know, it's, it's people with three strikes serving life sentences for weed while mm-hmm. white people are making millions off of it. So mm. instead of instead of self-medicating and making excuses, like go get some help for yourself. Because if you are self-medicating, you know, consistently, whether it's with alcohol, with pills, whatever, you can't be productive for your family. You can't be productive long term for yourself. If schools are bad, here you know this. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, in our little community, our school was like the best school in the area. Right. Still, there were a lot of inequalities in our school, and they've gotten worse um, in the last twenty, you know, something years since we've been out of school. Seven proms, Jabrina. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, that was a big thing, you know, for me. But you know, um, in, in the same breath, like I y'all didn't, y'all didn't want to listen to all that rock and roll. Oh, I mean, back then we did, you know. I, I really, that was yeah, the uh, but, um, but you know, it's even worse now, you know. And I see people on social media complaining, but like you're not Every at a school board meeting. Like if if you're if if your kid is not being treated fairly or things aren't going right, you need to be going to the school board meeting. If they're not doing anything about it, you need to take a step up. If they don't do anything, move. People be like, I can't go nowhere. Yes, you can. You make a sacrifice for your children because they're our future. And if they're not better than we were, then what did you do with your life? Like, what was the purpose? 
So I just think we have to stop making excuses and start, you know, um, making some moves. I think that was one of Jabrina. That was Jabrina was waiting for that question. Uh, yeah, she was. Yeah, uh, she was waiting for that question. She was very, very. Yeah, very we we just we just got to get Bob uh, reiterate the question for Bob because I think we lost the audio for. Yes, I had yeah, a uh, we, we had I had a little power outage over here, y'all. So we had to deal with that, but we're back. It's okay. It's um, right. Well, Baba, uh, Jabrina's question was: um, what, the, what are the responsibilities of an individual in regards to? Um, issues of social injustice but you have a, a different question your question um is what are the factors that create an imbalance of power within a culture um one of those factors uh is if you're if you're in a society that's that's based on a myth of racial superiority uh, or what we call even worse the myth of a racial inferiority um uh, you taught the world to look at the world from the perspective of other people, perspective of who you are and, and where your people have come from. You create imbalances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like showing up to a Monopoly game for two years and you show up and you want to start playing Monopoly. Then I already ballpark place and everything, <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you late, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Who wants to show up late to a Monopoly game? Right. Um, and, and so it creates that. And then when you have that yearning from a powerful people, a resourceful people like us uh, who say, OK, so we got to assimilate and act like y'all, which we're going to do y'all better than y'all do y'all. Mm-hmm. And then we do that. Mm-hmm. Well, then they say, God dang it, they're, they're doing it. Yeah. Well, now we got to block that, too. Yeah. Right. right. Uh, uh, so 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 what's the plan? And, and we keep adjusting and they keep moving the goalposts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So so you make those adjustments, the goalpost moves. Right. Here we are, 2020, having some of the same conversations that we were having in 1920. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the only difference and go look, go go check out, see what Marcus Garvey and WB Du Bois and Madam CJ Walker and was talking about social injustice. Ida B. Wells. They're talking about social injustice. Okay. The funny thing, though, is they own millions more acres of land back then, black people, than we do mm-hmm. now. Right. Mm hmm. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. And, and, and so so we're having the same conversation, but in a lot of areas we're losing ground. Now we hold more more money goes through our hands now than ever before. Mm-hmm. We make more, but we keep less. Yes. Yes. A lot less than what we used to keep. And 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 so like when we say responsibility, personal responsibility, you you can't you can't rise in a society if you're the consumer. It's not going to happen. You're not going to rise in a capitalist society if your number one job is consuming. Right. That's right. If you're not a producer, you, your ownership is protection. We talk about ending police terrorism and, and like, let's so say, being in the school board, you know, but also being in the school board pocket. I ain't lying. You, I've been involved in school boards and they listen to the people who pay and help them get in there. Period. It ain't about the children. Period. It's a business. Period. You know, and, and so I, I know what political action groups do. And, 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 and it's really about writing checks. It's really about having leverage. Right. And, and so you have to create leverage. We have to create leverage for ourselves if we're going to balance it out. And the thing is, we can. It just takes education. But not just that. Grow up, get a good job and get out the hood. That ain't going to help black people. We've done that for the last 40 years. How we look uh, like uh, shit. We've regressed since the Civil Rights Act. We regressed. 
Well, of course you're going to regress if you're going to grow up and get out and then go move in their neighborhood. How are you going to support your neighborhood in their neighborhood? Right? So, so of course, we, we, we regress. It, we, it was designed to be that way. But we thought we was moving on up like the Jeffersons. But let me ask you a right? question, Baba. I, I know I'm not mm-hmm. the host, but... Sure. <laughs> go ahead, Brenda. That's no, go ahead. We're having a conversation. Go ahead. Go ahead. But, but I want to know your mm-hmm. thoughts about this because I think there's some truth to that. But then I think we have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I left absolutely. my community. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't say that I live, you know, an upper crust community, but I feel safe. I think that... Mm-hmm. You know, but I, but I, what I chose to do was go back and purchase real estate in the hood um, to try to, you know, to try to to change the narrative. But me actually living there is not something that I desire to do because it's dangerous. And at the end of the day, yeah. I'm a single black woman out here, and as much as I love mm-hmm. my people, it don't stop. It didn't stop them from stealing my AC unit, you know, from my room. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hello? Uh-oh. No, we're here. Okay, I'm here. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead. It doesn't stop mm-hmm. them, you know, from trying to break into mm-hmm. my house. And so, mm-hmm. like, it's true that we need to reinvest okay. in our own communities, but we also can't mm-hmm. minimize the fact that our own people have well, created, it's, it's, you know, dangerous well, communities as well. Well, well no, no, no. Poverty creates dangerous communities everywhere. You go into a poor Asian community, you're going to have crime. Yes. You have Asian on Asian crime. If you go in a poor Mexican community, there's plenty of Mexican on Mexican crime. In poor white communities, oh my God, mm. there's so much white on white crime in poor white communities. Poverty creates crime. It's not your responsibility as a single black person to achieve success and stay in your neighborhood. That has to be a collective decision. And it's not an event, it's a process. Mm. Um when you look at most black neighborhoods, at least where I come from, in the 70s, the 60s and 70s, we had very prominent black communities in our in our in our city. Yeah. When the narrative changed, when the narrative changed from let's build ourselves up to success means going over there, that was a collective educa- miseducation that happened between the late 70s and early 80s, that, that where collectively the black middle class decided that that answer was move out. We didn't create dangerous communities. Our communities used to be communities where you could keep your door, your screen door open. Yeah. That's what we come from. Yeah. But poverty created it. And then black flight, integration, the, the illusion of inclusion, uh-huh. and that, that migration, that initial migration of blacks, well, well-to-do blacks out of the black community was not due to black crime. It was due to access to white communities. That's it. Mm. And when that initial migration happened, well, you, you you can't complain about the pimps and the hustlers. Them the ones that stayed. And they became the 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 economic foundation of those who were left behind. That's right. Were, were, were those who had financial stakes in the community, in the poverty, in the crime, right? But then it got characterized as I can't stay here. The hood is dangerous. The hood is dangerous. Well, everywhere where there's poverty, that's dangerous. You don't fight. But what we do is we focus on the crime, but we don't fight the poverty. I agree. And with that's you. where I, we I, need I, to take. I, and that's where we need to take the fight. And you don't have to live there right now to fight poverty. You don't have to live in an impoverished area to fight the poverty. But we have to hold those we vote for, support, accountable to invest in those communities. Same them, 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 like Ice Cube came out and said, where's, their, where's the working class bailout? 
you know, and and so we 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 were talking about reparations and 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 police reform just just six months ago. Now it's just been watered down to woo. We got a black vice president. You can't even ask about reparations no more. Hmm. I bring up re- I I was cool six months ago when I said reparation. Now I bring it. Ooh, don't nothing make you niggas happy. Dang, just six yes. months ago you Speak was rocking with me. Speak of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So now, sister, you're not wrong for 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 moving and going where there is where it's safe. You know, and I applaud you for reinvesting in the community. And yes, it's crime there. We just got to make sure that we understand that poverty breeds crime. You can't have one without the other. They they're bedfellows, and and our skin has nothing to do with. It. Yeah, I don't use the term black on black crime, so I agree with I you one hundred percent. Um, it's just that a lot of people kind of, I, I hear a lot of people kind of make mention of like, well, you left. And, yes, I did. I'm not trying to get, uh, no, but you know, I will do things yeah. like talking about reinvesting, but you know, I just don't like the shame sometimes that comes with making a choice to, you know, protect your yourself. Well, yeah. 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 And we, and we should, and we shouldn't shame each other, you know, but we suffer as a people from toxic shame. <laughs> Slavery was a shaming system. It was all about shame. I can't enslave you if you don't feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. There's a mental aspect to enslavement, to Jim Crow, that didn't just go away because Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. So we are highly sensitive to shaming one another Mm -hmm. and shaming ourselves because we are ashamed. We do, come on, I was was top of my class. I'm not gonna lie and say that while I was getting my diploma and about to head off to college on on a scholarship that I didn't have survivor's guilt. I absolutely had survivor's guilt. I absolutely had shame that I was doing well. I had shame for that, Mm -hmm. you know? Because you feel like you're getting out but you're leaving so many people behind, good people. And what happens sometimes when we do get out and when we gone for a while, we forget that it's still good people there. That everybody in the black neighborhood house ain't getting broke into. That's right. That that everybody in the black neighborhood ain't killing each other. Everybody not drunk. You know, it, that it's still good working class people that still live there because that was their grandmama house. It was passed down to them. Why go somewhere else? And they still there. They're still good people. And I've, I've been to black neighborhoods all over the country, especially the last 10 years. And everyone I go to, I find good working class, hardworking people that go to work every day, come home, want their babies to have a good education, and they in the middle of the hood and they not dead. Of course. Already. But we don't talk about them. We allow the narrative to be uh uh, you know, I want to be there. We're going to get shot. We're going to get killed. Everybody don't get killed in the black neighborhood every day. That doesn't, you, don't, you know what I'm saying? But wherever there's poverty, there is going to be some crime. But when you say we don't talk <laughs> about it, like, I, I just, I have to disagree because I think that the media doesn't talk about it. But I think. Well, I, I guess that's what I mean by, I'm talking about mainstream right. conversation. Okay. Because I mean. Yeah, I'm talking about in the mainstream narrative. You're absolutely. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like where I purchased my property, I purchased it because my friend, who's a guy, he lives there. And you're right. On his street yeah. is, you know, grandma's. And, you know, it was, he lives in his grandma's house and he has a son and he's a single father raising him alone. You know, with his his sister helps and you know, they in the hood and my house is around the right. corner. 
But on the next street over at three o'clock in the morning, gunshots always oh, ringing yeah. out. Somebody's always getting shot mm-hmm. at the corner store. I can't mm-hmm. ignore that. But, you know, when people said to me, why would you buy a house over there? Like, girl, that's the worst yeah. part of, I was like, because it's still our people. Like, and at the end of the day, they deserve to live yeah. in a place that's good. Like, yeah. It's still a lot of people. And and we know that a lot of the underground stuff is supported and facilitated by the people who own the store. Most of the stores in my neighborhood is owned by Arabs who will sell you a crack pipe in the brown paper bag. Oh, they okay. And let the dope dealer and let the drug dealers sell right out there on, on the corner, you know? Yeah. But what if the church owned the store? What if the, what if we had co-ops in our neighborhood? What if that was built into our education? What if we educated our children? You know, the average corner store in the hood make between two hundred and fifty and five hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm. that's the average corner store that hood store that they don't even sweep in that don't clean up Mm -hmm. all it they pulling in anywhere from 250 to 500 thousand dollars every year yet when's last time your baby went to school and learned how to own a store look at our neighborhoods and look at the things that that generate money in the black neighborhoods are black people being educated to do those things Wow. It seemed like common sense. So, 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 day day can't make a donut. We got to find somebody to come all the way from Korea to make us donut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, that's a good point, Baba. And I guess uh, Aziza, it's it's your turn as well again to go right back on <laughs> the topic as what well. I mean. Baba brought up children, uh, family, things of that nature, and that goes right into the next questions for um, Jabrina. Yes. Ooh, I'm loving this episode. Wow. Yeah. No, I am because you know, Sabrina brought up you know, a, you know, a, a shame and a shaming each other, and we see it every day. Every time you log on to the social media account, you know, if someone brings up a topic and wants to appear that they're aware, I won't use the word woke because I just don't use it. That they're aware, you'll get 84 to 172 comments. And it's us combating each other, not me. I'm speaking macro mm-hmm. of trying to prove a point of I chose to do this, so don't talk about me. And then it's this finger pointing shit that goes back and forth. Um, and again, this goes back into the caste system that we have amongst ourselves. You know, that's still like relevant to me. I'm gonna. That's why I brought it up again. But Jabrina, my question is with with you practicing family law, is correct? Yes. So early on in the podcast, we you spoke uh, very eloquently about you know the structure of the black family with social injustice, and I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> the structure of the black family with practicing family law. Do you see that there's a direct correlation with the foster care system, with child support, whether it be male, whether it be the mother or the father? And the social injustice that comes about and the things socioeconomically that are put in our past by design with algorithms they come up with with a increase in that. You know, black family, the structure of the black family being even more dismantled than what it already is because of because of those things like foster care, child support, you know, someone that's trying, you know, to get to, to do the right thing, but now the court system is in place when we didn't have that you know before big mama raised her great grandkids the neighbor's kids if she couldn't take care of her kids we all know someone like that in our neighborhood right. they weren't called foster parents 
they just took care of their own. So as a as an attorney, do you see with social justice an influx of more disparity with, with the structure of the black family, specifically child support and, and or foster care? So um, I'll say this. So yes, I'm a family law attorney. I don't really handle foster care and adoptions. Um, so that's a little like beyond the, the realm of my experience. But yes, I handle a lot of child support, custody, um, you know, visitation, all those types of issues amongst parents. And um, and yes, I, I definitely see that there is a, a direct correlation between social injustice and the black familial unit. In my opinion, I think that, you know, black men and women are the most beautiful, most intelligent, most talented people on the earth. Um, but I think that broken homes, um, meaning you know, two parent homes, preferably two biological parent, but still, yeah, you still, because that's not always the case, but two um, parent homes. Um, I think a lack of mentorship and guidance um, in our communities, a lack of accountability, exposure, and a lack of sacrifice um, has caused us to fail the last couple of generations, in my opinion. Um, I don't think that we have a lot of respect for each other. Um, you were talking about the word woke, you know, that's a, a, a big thing everybody uses now. But, you know, just in social media, I see so many quote unquote woke brothers. You know, you're a queen today until you want to exert your, your voice or use your voice. Then, you know, you need to be quiet and sit down somewhere. Um, and, you know, I think that because we don't respect each other, we don't speak to each other um, in love and, and speak about each other in love in the way we used to. Um, I think that the idea and concept of the strong back black family unit has taken a back seat to things like labels and plastic surgery and get money and stunting. You know what I'm saying? But none of that matters when your child is killed on the street. And none of that matters when there's nobody to care for you, you know, because you didn't take care of your kids. So they don't deal with you anymore. And nobody can care for you but the, the state. You know what I'm saying? When you get old. When I used to do child support court, which I don't do it anymore, it was always an over in, in there. It the, the courtroom would be full of black men. It'd be maybe one or two white men and one or two Hispanic men. Never any Asian men in child support court, but the courtroom would be packed. And it used to really, really bother me. But then and, and, and I'm one of those people, I'm like, hey, you know, you don't want the system in your business because it ain't going to be fair, you know, across the board. The woman right. is going to feel like I'm not getting enough because I spend this much and a man's going to feel like I'm paying too much because it don't cost that much to raise a kid. So nobody's going to be happy. But what I have seen going back to that lack of leadership, that lack of guidance, you know, and, and when I talk about that, I'm really talking a lot about black men. Um, I do think that don't get it twisted. It's a it's Debbie moms, it's absent mothers out here left and right. But we know disproportionately our men are the ones that are killed at higher rates and disproportionately higher rates of incarceration. So I think that the lack of them in the home um, has created a generation that does not take personal responsibility, which I talked about earlier. I can use a personal example of someone I know, you know, she got pregnant, you know, they live in together, everything. Of course, she's hoping they're going to be a family, but um, he can't control his anger and emotion. So she's eight months pregnant getting headbutted. Well, we can't have that. You know what I'm saying? So you got to get out of that environment. So we get you out of that environment. You have the baby. And it's like, all she says is, hey, daycare is 260 a week. 
I'll pay one week, you pay the other. That's extremely generous because she got him and buying diapers and all this other stuff, you know. So she's just saying, hey, just help me on that. He gets upset with her and tell her, I can't see my son. I'm not paying no money. Let me tell you, whether you can see him or not, he living, breathing, and eating. Mm-hmm. And you know he's going to daycare. So mm-hmm. I told her, put his ass on child support. Ain't right. no doubt about it. Because he has the opportunity to do the right thing. But he doesn't right. have a father figure. He don't have no strong man to say, look, if you got an issue, if y'all got an issue, can't communicate about visitation, then, you know, you, you deal with that through the court or you figure it out, you know, amongst us with family. But you don't not take care financially of this little baby who you know needs to be cared for. Nobody's there to teach him that and tell him that. So that's our only option. So as much as I want to say, keep the system out of your business, and I hate seeing so many of us, a lot of times that's the story. <laughs> That's the story. And, and they not taking, the men are not taking personal responsibility and they left with no option. I appreciate right. your honesty with that because I've never seen an alien or a child support check. Um, and I don't, it, it, it was a choice to not, to not do it that I did, that I did not, you know, take the father of my children, my two youngest children to, you know, child support. You know, um, and I have taken accountability in that, in the suffrage or whatever it was. I did what I had, you know, to do, but I just never did, did, you know, did that um, involving, you know, the court. Maybe it's because you just don't, you just don't do that. But the door was always open for support. And when it still didn't come, it wasn't like I was waiting. It just wasn't a thing that I did. And I'm just speaking honestly, it wasn't because of any type of, you know, I don't want the man in our business. I just, I just did it. You know, I felt like, you know, these are your seeds. You know, they're here. We were together at a time. Do whatever, you know, it is that you need to do because I had a father who was a provider. So, you know, that's just from personal experience. But, Bob, the same question, you know, to you mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about the the structure of the black the black family, you know, and yeah. what Jabrina was bringing up about brothers not having or the will to want to do the right thing when it comes to taking care mm-hmm. of their babies. Because you are a father to a lot of babies that aren't yours. <laughs> I am. And got a few of my own. My wife and I, we were a combined family. Uh, when we got married 15 years ago, I had two sons. I was raising one of them full time. Uh, she had three children. And we've had three children together. So that's eight if you count um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and um, I've had the honor to to raise all of my children um, uh, and be engaged with the one child that didn't live with me. I've been very involved in his life, uh, uh, but actually uh, has had child support issues. I'm about to call you uh, because, um, you know, in this particular situation, I know and I know in other couple of brothers, child support was more about a lack of communication. Than, than, than anything else um, I, I actually made the move when I was younger uh, that I wouldn't make any I wouldn't make again I put myself on child support because I needed some rights <laughs> um, because we weren't communicating and I felt like well let me just put myself on it uh, uh, so I can have some rights too because that's a big old piece of paper all them rules ain't just for me you got some rules too in there <laughs> I know somewhere in that somewhere in that paper it's something you gotta do. So <laughs> I need access to my child, you know. And so 
you know, and, and so because uh, uh, it was it was a, a breakdown in communication uh, because things didn't go the way uh, one party wanted things to go, uh, and 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 but that's also been an albatross uh, around me, uh, you know, and weaponized. Uh, in certain ways uh, over the years as well. I think that, but without getting into my situation, I think that when you have a social, we start, start, start talking, we was talking about social injustice. And when you have, when you have a culture, there was a time if you got a pregnant, y'all got married. Right. There was a time that you, you didn't lay down with him unless he was your husband. Right. Well, somewhere along the way, that wasn't cool no more. You forcing somebody to be with somebody, da, 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 da. And I guess we just started trusting ourselves to do the right thing. And then it became, you be with who you're attracted to. You be with who you want to have sex with. You be with who make you laugh. You be with who you love. You in love, y'all be together. And that love is going to make it work. When that became the dominant formula, that don't work with black folk. We in and out of love like that. And and when we started making it, having that choice and you take those those cultural constructs away, this is kind of what you get. Not that I'm saying bring all that back, but this is what free will looks like. Right. Right. You know, free will free will looks like I can have sex with you because you look good. And if you get pregnant, I ain't I'm, I can't deal with that. I'm not trying to I just can't deal with that. I know what I should do, but I'm not going to deal with that. And, and there's not much you can do. To make me not deal with it. And that's uh, free will, look, you know. That circles. Yeah, you know. That, that circles. I'm sorry, but that circles right on back around to personal responsibility. Yeah. Because yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it has to be taught. You know that, that it has to, responsibility has to be taught, right? And 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 when you get trapped in a cycle. Uh, you know, when you have a generation where you got men that 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 especially in, in poverty that ain't in the home because it, it's more advantageous to not be there economically than to be there, you know, and, and you start creating this dichotomy where men have to go migrate north to work and send money back home and all that and, and things just get thrown uh, thrown all the way out of order and out of whack and, and now we have generations of men we've gone through a couple of generations of black men uh, that that don't see that as an overriding obligation right. anymore. Right. And, you know, and, and we don't see the benefits as a people as we should anymore of building strong families. You can't have a strong community if you don't have strong families, but you can't have strong families if you're not building strong individuals. That's why all the work I've done always brought me right back to education. And not just learning how to read, write, and arithmetic. I'm talking about cultural education, spiritual education, character education. You know, and, and it, it always brings us back to that. And you have to you have to start somewhere, you know. And so uh, we no excuses. I don't I don't ride for black men like that. You know, I don't I don't question the sisters when they start talking about what we do wrong. I shut up because y'all 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 tell the truth. I, I be quiet. <laughs> I don't want y'all want from me. You're right. What you want me to say? Right? Uh, we working on it. I'm mean, that's that's the best I can give you. You know, at this point, it 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 and so you know we're working out here. There's so many of us, and I'm a proud father and a proud husband. You know what I'm that's saying? Great. I fight and claw to keep my family together. It's not popular. It ain't popular among my own friends. Y'all, the the man I the man in my life that's been married longer than any man I. I knew 
sat me down when I was 19 years old. I told him, I said, man, I can't wait. No, I was 17. I said, man, I can't wait to be married and have a family like you. He sat me down, looked me in my eyes, said, let me tell you something. I said, what? He said, man, don't you ever get married. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he a pastor. Yep. Oh. He told me, don't you ever, don't you, don't you. <laughs> he told me, don't you ever. He, yeah, he looked me in my face, say, boy, don't you ever get married. You don't want this. Mm-hmm. Don't you ever get That's what I was told by a black husband mm-hmm. when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow. With a beautiful wife. With a beautiful wife. Finest woman I ever seen. Mm-hmm. Wow. So so imagine me walking out after being told by someone I tr- who helped raise me, you don't ever want to do this. Wow, Baba. Wow. Yeah. You think I'm the only black boy that's told that by a black husband? Absolutely. No, no. Absolutely, no absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, it ain't. It, it, I'm gonna tell y'all, it ain't always fun being a black husband. The rappers laugh at you like it ain't always <laughs> fun being a black husband. Well, give thanks because the queen got her. I'm just letting y'all know. Yeah, I'm just letting y'all know. It ain't always fun, man. Yeah, but it ain't all. I'm telling you, it ain't always fun. So, Baba, being the black husband, you're popular. talking. You're talking about the men aspect of things, but um, we have a. We are we're almost running out of time, but we still have two more okay. questions for you guys. This question, we we definitely have to ask. Um, and I think Jabrina, I know you're gonna be probably passionate about that question. Um, Aziza, do you want to go ahead and ask them the question about the most recent um, current event with Camilla Harris? Yes. Um, this is for both of you. Um, Harris, Kamala, her VP nomination, is an act of placating Black people, especially Black women in history. Is it history in the making or not? It's both. It's definitely history in the making. I'm so sick of all these extra woke people talking about Shane Black. Her daddy is from Jamaica and y'all believe everything the white man say. He said if you got a drop of black blood, you're black. So at the end of the day, she black. She can put Indian American on whatever she wants to if she wants to, but she wants to how she plays aka she black. Okay? That's, that's first and foremost. So yes, it is history in the making because she's a black woman and she you know this is the first time that this could possibly happen for a black woman but is she being put in place to placate absolutely um but i think it's interesting because from what i've seen you know um on social media you know and in the conversations it's been clear that joe biden had to pick a black woman you know what i'm saying like we Mm. demanded that we were like nothing else is going to suffice you don't have a black woman don't even look at us for a vote it don't mean you're gonna get it but definitely don't look at us for a vote so mm-hmm. we 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 required that and then we got it mm-hmm. and she wasn't black enough look <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's just like it's like come on um so yes it's, it's a form of placating and i do understand everyone that's saying hey you know over over the years the democratic party has not done you know this for our communities that Neither one of them have. They are they are two right. um, heads from the same two wings on the same Absolutely. bird. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Um, but <laughs> I think that what frustrates me is the lack of focus. Let me say this: whether people want to acknowledge it or not, people really did die for our right to be able to to go into the voting booth mm. and, and vote. They did. They suffered and mm. they died. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's disrespectful mm-hmm. to to just ignore that. Okay. Second of all, I think that um, we have to stay focused. We have never come up with a full on black agenda that we said, hey, you want our vote, you got to get this. And coming up at the 11th hour, a couple of months before um, the election and say, hey, what's the black agenda? Well, you ain't gave them one. So don't be mad because they not giving yeah. you one. Um, mm-hmm. Third of all, eyes on the prize. You know, Trump is one to me, to me, my personal opinion, one of the worst people that could ever be in office. Not Definitely. only not only forget all the, the racist stuff, right? You know what I'm saying? We got thick skin, whatever. But mm-hmm. just like his level of ignorance, mm-hmm. um, and, and just just he has no idea how to run a country whatsoever. And being at this point still the most powerful country in the world, he is really crushing us and hurting us. And what people don't realize is the presidents that come in, they inherit whatever came from the last president. So all the good that he got those first couple of years, that was all due to things that Obama had done. Just like what Obama inherited was due to a lot of things that Bush had done that had messed things up. And whatever this new president gets is going to be a reflection of whatever negative policies and things that have come into place. Um, but I think that we have to keep our eyes on the prize and say, for this election, at least anybody but Trump. After then, if you all want, I don't care if you go through the NAACP, whoever you want to go through. If y'all come up with a black agenda and demand it from whichever party, if they don't give it to you, mm-hmm. then don't give them their vote. Fine. But at this point, mm-hmm. another four years of this crazy person, like, I just think it's going to be extremely detrimental um, across the board. And I appreciate your honesty with that, Dorena. The question was a longer question, but for time's sake, um, because I see the pundits that come in, and it wasn't a question about the black blood that runs through her veins, even though her, her mother is a, a, an immigrant from the country of India. It wasn't even a question about that. It's that our focus, do we even know what our focus is? So that's why I told Ki, I'm We did. Is it placating black people? Because now, it's like everyone is saying, oh, we have Auntie Kamala. And it's that 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 doctrine in our minds that we have a seat at the table when we don't even know what the hell we have the table for. <laughs> in the macro. In, in no, the, I, the people that we, the people that get to the table right. are not bringing the agendas that are given to them by black people with. Thank them. you. Yeah. There's always there. There have always been black agendas always and i'm talking about a variety from reparations to economic development Mm -hmm. to jobs and there's always been housed there's always been great black scholars uh woke and not woke that dot the i's cross the t's and deliver elaborate agendas both to their communities and to the community leaders there is a that's where we get back to social injustice those who those are black elected officials they encounter social injustice too they get told by their senior members in Congress, you can't bring this to the floor. If you say this, the party won't support you. You're going to lose their money. You're going to lose this money. And because your financial base ain't the people whose agenda you got in your hand, you got to put that agenda down. It it exists. It's just that the, 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 the economic backing ain't there. And those who are backing them are not interested. They're making money. Black failure is big business in America. It's huge business. You know what I'm saying? 
And so there's always been a black agenda, several black agendas, and there always will be. Right. But but on that, as long as you got a one party system that looks like a multiple party system. Right. And they get to pick and choose. Then then you won't, you know, and, and, and again, of course, it's placating, you know, because you put a black face right there and you can't ask about the issues anymore. Mm hmm. Because now if I ask about the issues, I'm angry. I'm upset. I can't be pleased. Just be happy that she has a black face. I don't care what her face looks like. I want to know what the policies are going to be. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Period. Exactly. Period. Period. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now Trump going to mess around and get the country blown up from the outside. (laughs) Okay? Now, now that's that's my fear with him. I ain't worried about the racism. I appreciate Trump's racism. The most honest white president I've seen in my life. His even his lies expose truth. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I, I don't have any problem with that because he's just exposing what I be screaming. But see, when Kamala and Joe get in there, you know, and Joe is just as racist as Trump, yes. you can't say it because Joe is a kind of master that give the slave sugar cane on Sunday. Yes. Okay. Speak on it, Bobby. He's still a master, mm-hmm. but he's just going to give you some sugar cane on Sunday. He's going to sneak out there and lay up with the black women for a little while. You, you know what I'm saying? That like sort it. of thing. He- yeah. Yeah. You know, and you know, it was plenty of slave masters that parted on Saturday night with the slaves, but you still got to get them picked out no money. Uh, yeah. And sun sundown. Yeah, and so my thing is with the elections, y'all, I, my thing is just looking at deciding who we're going to fight so we can realize how we need to how fight. How we need Because you're still going to be in a fight. Right, right. That's right. You know, you're still going to be in a fight. And that's not that's not speaking against uh, uh, Kamala, Kamala Harris or her blackness mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it is being used as a distraction yes. to get us to stop talking about reparations, stop talking about real issues, economic development, miseducation, real issues that plenty of black people are are screaming about right now, but we're getting drowned out by all the other noise. That's right. You know, they gave, they give you, they gave all the radical left people Bernie. So Bernie babysat all the progressives. He did it two elections in a row. He babysat all the progressives because the Democrats don't want to be Tea Party. So he he babysat all the progressives, and then he look, comes in second place and endorses the winner. Mm. But he calls what he's doing a revolution. Revolutionaries don't endorse the system. That's they don't right. endorse the winner. That's right. You know, then they come around, they do it. He did the exact same thing this year. Everybody was talking about socialism and and we need free health care. We need free this, free that. But Bernie babysit them until the primary is over with, and then endorse endorse Joe. All right, I'll do it one more time. And he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the way Baba sums up politics. That's why I don't read. That's why I don't watch CNN. None of that shit. I tune in the, the morning bill with Baba Ami. Okay? I recommend anyone that hears Hello. my voice. Just tune into the morning bills with Baba Ami. I'm telling you, you're going to be ready to fight. You're going to be ready to blow up a building. Whatever he's talking well, about, that's what you're going to want to do that day. I, I tuned in I last just, this week. You know, I, I just want us to think. I want us to think. Yeah, I want us I to like organize. I want us to find our power within. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real though about the games that are being played. Let's just call it out and then let them defend themselves. I could be wrong. Let them defend themselves. That's right. But don't don't come and defend them. Just, just don't just call me mad and 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 defend people that don't care about you. That's right. And let's not argue over folks that don't care about neither one of them. That's right. 
So you guys, we have had a great, great, great episode. I was looking forward to this episode. So was Aziza because I knew you guys were going to make it very interesting. And I appreciate Jabrina, you coming on and sharing your knowledge and your experiences. Baba, I appreciate you for doing the same as well. But before we leave, one last question. Jabrina and Baba, if you had one piece of advice to give the listening audience on educating themselves on social injustice, what would it be? Jabrina and Baba. So um, it's to, to read and watch. And so I came up with a list and I'm going to go through it really quickly. Um, <laughs> go since ahead, it's a podcast, I guess they can go back and read it. So go I ahead, said, Taurus. All right. I said read and listen. So going back to those things I said, I think are injustices. Um, first of all, as it relates to education, I suggest reading The Miseducation of the Negro and watch the documentary Teach Us All. Mm. Um, as it relates to the prison system, I suggest reading The New Jim Crow by mm-hmm. Michelle Alexander and watching I the say. documentary uh, 13th by Ava DuVernay. And there's also a documentary that's hard to find. It's not on Netflix, but it's called Stranger Fruit. And it talks about Ferguson, but it's so many Fergusons around the country, but it really talks about how they traditionally um, have done black folks um with white flight and all this so anyway stranger fruit um as it relates to just our history as african-americans um i suggest reading barracoon by zora neale hurston um it's an amazing book um that talks about the um one of the last slave ships to come over from west africa um, Mm -hmm. a first-hand account um and also behold a pale horse uh, by william cooper And I, I suggest watching the documentary documentary called Motherland. Um, Jabrina, are you beautiful? Sorry, great documentary. I'm sorry, Jabrina. Are you able to possibly send me that so when I upload everything, I can share those resources with everyone? I sure will. And okay. Thank you for sharing that. I think I think she has more. You have more, right? Just just three more. On okay, topics. go ahead. Um, about the food, I say read Eat Right for Your Blood Type and watch What the Health uh, documentary. And then for Black men, I suggest reading The Message to the Black Man by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Ashe. Ashe. <laughs> I got that on the shelf. Oh. And Warning by Killer Mike. Ooh. And then finally for women, mm-hmm. read Asada, an autobiography by Asada Shakur and watch uh, the documentary Becoming by Michelle Obama. So those are my suggestions. I would definitely email them over to you. But, you know, I think if we read and we watch um, history, we become more aware. Our third eye begins to open more and we learn better how to move and navigate in this world and in this system that we've been put in. So... Oh, girl, I love you. Thank you. You know so what much. I'm doing right now, kids. Right know what I'm do- Y'all know what I'm doing. I'm I'm standing over here by my bookshelf, and I'm like, okay, got that one, got that one. Okay, I need to get that one. Who borrowed that one? Because I did have that. And right, I'm right. gonna go look for uh my my 24 year old is reading my ISIS papers right now. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, the, I'm over here going. Okay, had that. Where's that? Okay, I got to repurchase that. So thank you very much, Queen, for sharing that. You're welcome. Thank you. Bob, Baba, same question for you. If you had a piece of advice or any resources that you would like to give the listening audience on educating themselves on social injustice, what would it be? Um, listen to the black woman. I mean, that was excellent. Okay. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Jabrina said you know, it all. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, that was excellent. You know, uh, we teach in our school, if you don't know what was, then you don't know what is. And if you don't know what is, you're not prepared for what's to come. So wise people study history. Um, Visualize what type of future that we want to build for ourselves, that you want to build for yourself. And then get down to and stop dreaming about it. And let's start planning. Let's start putting things in place. But we have to have that foundation, that historical foundation. You got to have historical context. How did we get here? Hollywood is not going to tell you. If your if your if your library consists of black movies from Hollywood, that's not giving you an accurate depiction of what happened. You know, and and so go start going down. Start going into that that wonderful that wonderful journey of, of our story. We have a beautiful story. We've been here longer than everybody. That means we have the longest story. Ashay. You know, we have a beautiful story. Mm. Get lost in it, love it, but <laughs> do it knowing when the spirit of Sankofa that you're only looking back because you're going to use that information to propel you into the future. Right. You know, and, 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 that's, and that's the key, building the future. What do we want it to look like and what are we willing to do to make it happen? Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. So, you guys, we have ran out of time. And again, thank you guys so much for coming on. But before we leave tonight, can you guys both please leave your social media platform information? So if someone wants to reach out to you, they can be able to get a hold to you guys. So, yes, um, this is Jabrina again. Um, All of my social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram is all J.L. Johnson Law. So that's spelled J-L-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-L-A-W dot com. And the website is www.jljohnsonlaw.com. So all of my information is there. Baba? Ashe. All right. And it was an honor. I want to thank you, Lakia. I want to thank you, Aziza. Uh, and I also want to let you know, uh, Sister J- Jabrina, that it was an extreme honor for you to be able to share a panel with you uh, this evening. Um, y'all can reach us at uh, uhuruacademy.com, U-H-U-R-U academy.com. Uh, We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash uhuruacademy or facebook.com slash Baba Amin, Instagram at Baba Amin, B-A-B-A. A-M-I-N. Okay. All right. And we are now enrolling. Now enrolling. <laughs> Academy now is still enrolling. is now enrolling you- full-time, online, live in African Center. <laughs> and you guys can go to the Instagram page, um, Bombshell1111, and check out his flyer and more detailed information about his academy as well, because I have that resource listed there as well, you guys. So go check that out. Again, enrolling now in OW. <laughs> I see. So, you guys, again, thank you so much for coming on and being a part of Color Thought Series. Before we end tonight's podcast, Aziza's going to do a quote. So, Aziza, you go ahead and do your quote. Oh, great. Uh, thank you all both. I'm, I'm just feeling very uh, energized and, and on reset. I knew this was going to be a outstanding episode uh tonight and I, I i thank you all for pouring into me and re- resetting me uh seriously bob i mean jabrina pleasure blessings. honor queen blessings thank i can mm-hmm. thank for you all both um this is black august 2020 <laughs> i say black august resistance that's right um <laughs> dr amos wilson our refusal as black people to confront the issue of money and wealth 
is going to end up with our very lives being threatened as a people on this earth. And you guys, with that being said, always mm. remember you are a bomb within your own shell. I say. Stay down for the crown. Peace, love, and light. Until next time, you guys. Good night. Peace. Peace. Okay, everybody. Thank y'all so much. <laughs> Thank you. Jabrina that was that Jabrina. was a great Jabrin. Oh, queen. She a true attorney, ain't she? No, it's not even. <laughs> it wasn't even like. <laughs>If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate, review, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're leaving with some valuable information that can help you on your personal journey. Also, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Bombshell1111 or at Bombshell1111 TV. You can also check out our mental health page, Your Health is Your Wealth, on Facebook, which is a page created to inform and support individuals with mental health and other health conditions. And with that being said, always remember, you guys, you are a bomb within your own shell. Until next time, peace, love, and light.